Hey there out there. You are deeply tuned in right now, man, to the Real People Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ginsberg. If it's your first time joining us for a conversation, welcome. Great interview today. My good friend Chen Wu, international sensation, journalist, comedian, designer. It was a really good chat, and I'm excited for you to hear it. If you're returning to the show, wow, welcome back. We've been at this for like a month and a half now. We're on Spotify now, where everything else is. So now you can just listen to Real People Podcast alongside all your top 20 hits. It's all on one app. So stop bugging me. It's all there now. I'd like to start off the show with my deepest 30-second thought of the week. And my deep thought this week is, again, around things I don't miss due to the pandemic. I find it just helps me to cope with everything that's going on by just focusing on the things I don't miss or have gained due to the virus, even though all this horrible stuff is going on. And I know I did a rant a few weeks back about escape rooms and how I hope they all close and never come back. This is a little different. This business, I, I want it to survive. I will participate and use it again. I'm just relieved to not be using it. And what I'm talking about is the New York City subway system. Look, I ride the subways everywhere. It's my primary method of transportation around New York City. I have not rode the subway since the pandemic, and it's not because I'm anti-subway. It's not a political thing. I just no longer have a reason to ride it. I don't go to Midtown anymore. I don't go anywhere besides the five to six block radius of where I live in the East Village. And that's because everything I need to be happy is kind of around me. I need to, to go to sleep at night knowing that outside my door, there's a place making dumplings. Or like outside my door, there's a place making pizza. I would be restless if I didn't know that that was going on. So I have everything within, within a radius, so I, I really never, never leave. I ride the electric city bikes. They're really fun over the bridge to Brooklyn sometimes if I want to go to Brooklyn and like look around. But other than that, for the past several months, I've, I've, I've not left. And anyway, all that to say is I really don't miss the subway. I, don't, I, I never liked riding the subway. I, before the virus, before we all like, went into someone's house, was like, hold on, I can't give you a hug. I got you know, to wash my – where's your bathroom? I got to wash my hands. I got to wash them right now. I was outside where everything's contaminated. Before we started doing that, I used to do that after I rode the subway, always. I'd like, walk into someone's apartment and be like, dude, I touched the subway pole. I'm fucked. Let me wash my hands right now. Don't look at me. Don't hug me. Don't, don't do anything. Just leave me alone. I got to get to the bathroom. Wash my hands. So I'm not a fan of the subway. I, I don't miss riding it. I don't miss sitting there in the hot, when the hot air blows on you when you walk into it. I don't miss looking at all the disheveled people staring at newspapers or just trying to ignore the one person that's, you know, screaming about God. Not something I miss. But last night, I went to go visit a friend who lives in, you know, Long Island City, which I think is like Astoria or Queens, they just started calling it that recently. I guess maybe to attract people from Long Island to live there, they just said, hey, this is Long Island City, a.k.a. you know, Astoria. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter. The point is, I went over there to visit, and she lives in kind of one of these high-rise buildings that they just built, these new condos. And I went to the condo, and I was ranting to her about how much I don't miss taking the subway. I was like, you know, I, I don't miss taking, especially the Astoria Line train, which is literally built in the 70s and hasn't changed at all. It's the same car from 1972. I just, I just don't miss using it. You know, I don't miss sitting on that thing for like 40 minutes. Something about the quality of the heat of the air down there in the summer is just like, it's like a volcano if a volcano was made of germs. So I, I just don't miss it. And, and we had this whole discussion about how much the subway is disgusting and the worst. And then later in the night, went up to the roof of this new building, and you have a great view of New York City, but what you can really see is the, the grid of how the Astoria line and how the subway intersects and connects with itself, like the, the symmetrical nature of it. You can really see from atop how amazingly <laughs> it was engineered, where the train connects, where it turns off, where things intersect, how it 
weaves and moves and pushes like a wave into New York City. And I was standing there in just admiration of it. I was like, wow, you know, I never thought about it before, but the subway is amazing. Subway system's incredible. They built this thing that's like, you know, pretty autonomous, takes us all over the city. It was built underground. It was built 100 years ago, first one in the country. It's so sophisticated and intricate. The math and the science behind building it, look at marvel at it. Look how it just moves on its own like an electric organism from above. And my deep thought of the week was I realized that the subway hadn't changed at all. The only thing that changed was my perspective, where I was standing in relation to the subway. I wasn't on the subway. I wasn't in it. But when I was able to get above it and see it for what it was, I appreciated it. And I just had a deep thought, man, like that's, there's some wisdom there. It's perspective. It's our relationship to the subject that can change. But the subway itself did not change. Let's get this thing my guest today on the real people podcast is chen Wu. i met chen on the improv comedy circuit about two years ago uh we had a pretty good chat we talked about what it's like to do stand-up or improv when english is your second language we talked about her dream of being a journalist and growing up in china and what that meant to her coming to the united states and covering elections and she even interviewed LeBron James, and then how she transitioned to becoming a designer. We talked about running. Uh, we talked a little bit about dating apps. It was, it was a pretty great chat, and uh, I'm excited to bring her on. She's the first guest that asked me if she could come on the podcast. <laughs> Not that I, I didn't want to have her on anyway. Of course, it was a fabulous conversation. I love Chen. She's a really insightful and interesting person, and actually a, a person I really admire quite a bit. But we went to get, um, like Mama Fuku was doing meatless, impossible rice cakes, and I'm a big fan of the rice cakes, so I post about them on Instagram. She saw it. She was like, I'd like to have these rice cakes. I said, sure, you know, meet me at Mama Fuku. There's a park near there. We'll eat them. And while we were eating, she said, can I come on your podcast? And I said, sure. And I'm glad she did. She was a great guest. So without further ado, let's bring on Chen Wu. Let's Let's – Let's back up to when you decided to start taking improv classes. Mm -hmm. Why did you do that? What, where did that come from? Why, what made you decide to start taking an improv class? Right. Yeah. I, I don't know, actually, because, like, <laughs> okay, background. I'm from Shanghai, China. Uh -huh. I moved here, like, 2013 uh -huh. when I was, like, 21. Right. My English was terrible back then. And, like, I don't know. There was one time I went to Chicago. I saw a second city improv and I couldn't really understand everything they were talking about because they were going so fast in English. But like, yeah, but it was amazing just to see them doing things on the spot. And they were just it just feels so natural and kind of made me want to try it. I also feel like it made me like step out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And yeah, so I kind of just did it. I did. Um, at first, I didn't think I would continue doing it because it's I feel like I would get cold feet. I would probably everyone also being American. <laughs> yeah. Like, I will, like, don't know what to say, but it turned out to be really fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like, it takes a lot of courage just to do it, I mean, even if it's your first language, right? Because you're just kind of, like, trying to make people laugh. There's a lot of pressure on you on the spot to work with other people, to play as part of a team, and then also just be funny on stage. So I th always thought thank it was you. very courageous that you did that. And it's oh, funny thank that you. you I, I can really relate to being inspired by having, like, seen it on stage. You know what I mean? Uh, and like wanting to do that for yourself. I feel like that's how most people get into really? it. You're like, oh, that's, I wish I was doing that. Aww. You, know? you know, I think uh -huh. that's a pretty, pretty, but is there, um, so you, so zooming out even further, like, so you mentioned that you came here from Shanghai in yeah. 2013. Right. Um, what's the comedy scene like there? 
to I is there a comedy scene there? There might be a comedy scene there. I didn't like really pay attention to comedy honestly right. when I was there because I was too young, not too young, but like um, <laughs> I don't know. There are comedy stuff like more like underground. I guess there are famous Chinese comedians, but yeah. it's more like it's not really something I will say mainstream. Oh, why is it just Chinese don't people know. don't like to laugh or what is it exactly? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, is there like, are there famous Chinese stand-ups? There are. Yeah. There are, yeah. I guess it's more like a Northern China thing, maybe. It's just, I don't think it was that popular in Shanghai, hmm. in my memory. Because Shanghai but seems like, you know, I've never been there, but based on pictures, it seems like the kind of place where there'd be a lot of underground comedy clubs. Right. Actually, like, maybe it's just me. Like, I didn't, like, recognize it. Or, like, I didn't know about it. Yeah. So, like, when I went back, because I go back every year, now that when I went back, I deliberately will search for it. There are a lot. Uh, yeah. And there are a lot of actually English stand-up comedies in Shanghai. Really? So it's pretty amazing, yeah. So does the audience do speak English? Do people in Shanghai speak English? I don't know. I guess it's maybe it's like foreigners or Americans <laughs> there who are oh, really? they they're like, man, I, don't know. I haven't seen a sweaty Jewish guy doing comedy. <laughs> I need to go find one <laughs> yeah. on vacation in Shanghai. Right. Oh, there we go. <laughs> That's but why I say you should go to Shanghai and do comedy. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> if I do comedy in Shanghai, uh, people, I'll have to open up by saying I'm much funnier in English. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it in Chinese. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be like everyone would love it. I I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, do you guys have like? Uh, and I'm sorry that I don't know this stuff. I my yeah, background I on China is kind of limited, honestly. Mm -hmm. But are there like, um, like, if comedy's not popular, is there like late night shows? Is there like that kind of stuff on TV? Is is that part of a mainstream thing, or is it just? It's actually, you China. I don't think China has. Unless I'm not aware of that because I moved here like a while ago. Um, yeah. I don't think China really has late night talk show concept because, mm. you know, like in America, the late night talk show hosts, they like to talk about politics. They yeah, like to yeah. make fun of presidents, but you can't right. do that in China. Oh, so. I see. They're limited by what you can right. say. You can <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it's hard. to. I, I think it's hard to do comedies in China. Yeah. I see. So that's why it's not really like a mainstream thing. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, now I think about it. I think they're like those kind of improv you can say or like sketch shows mm -hmm. but it's yeah but it's more like about daily life or like kind of those kind of things I, I don't know it's yeah 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 i mean that's interesting though i mean is it like uh is it like rebellious to be a comedian then i mean i feel like it's rebellious anywhere to to make jokes but uh if it's not something that you can do I mean, to be a comedian and up in an underground club sounds like it's kind of like a rebellious thing to do. I, I want to say it's definitely something like my parents didn't expect me would do it here. Like <laughs> yeah. when I told them, they were like, wait, what? What are you doing? What's happening <laughs> in America? Yeah. Who are you hanging out with? Why are you doing that? <laughs> what is this comedy thing? <laughs> <laughs> but you were funny and you got a lot of laughs. <laughs> oh, thank you. I yeah. was so, there was so many times I didn't understand what our classmates were talking about <laughs> on the stage. And I just like totally misunderstood it. But like, it just goes to show that it, it's like, it's okay. You know, I mean, like, uh. Uh, the, the 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 fact that you're just doing it like the art of doing it like the presence of being on stage i think sometimes is enough yeah. just to like you know like when an audience goes out to laugh like to go see a comedy show like they have they have an expectation that they're going to laugh so like you can say you've seen it like a comedian comes out says one right. thing and everybody starts laughing uh -huh. you know it's <laughs> like if you feel like you're out you're having drinks you're you're expecting to laugh people come on stage and you're right. vocal and animated and you're uh -huh. being and then it's going to be funny you know what yeah. i mean it's cool uh -huh. that you were able to kind of tap into that that's good thank you for saying that <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't think in my whole time, because I, I took improv at UCB twice, mm -hmm. back when there was UCB in New York City. Right. Um, I, you were the only person I knew that was a speaker of a second language. I think the whole entire time oh, I was uh, there. 
Well, that's all right. So let's zoom out even further if you don't mind me asking about your yeah. like, your life because <laughs> okay. I don't know that much about you. Um, you know, I know you from shows. I feel uh, like we're kind of friends now. Yeah, um, I think we're friends. We're friends. Oh wow, really? Uh, yeah. Hold on, let me write that down in my notebook. <laughs> Chen, <laughs> August nineteenth. Chen says we're friends. <laughs> This Two is the best later, day of my like, life. Oh my God. We're actually friends. Yeah, so we're like friends now. Um, you're the second woman to ever come into my apartment, <laughs> so that's <laughs> who was pretty the first, Okay, Who was the first woman? My mom. Really? <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. My mom's never been in my apartment. There's <laughs> five flights of stairs. How would she get up? No, the first woman is this cat. Yeah, exactly. My female kitty girl right. is, the, is the first one. Yeah. Um, no, okay, so what was I talking about? We're friends now. Yes, and, and uh, you want to zoom out. You know, I wanted to zoom out to learn more about you. Okay, because what I know about you is fun person who came to the United States like six or seven years ago. Right. And you can correct me if I say anything incorrect. Uh, no, that's, that's Came to the States six ago. or seven years, seven years ago. Uh-huh. Um, works in media. You're a designer. Right. Right, a product designer. Yes. See, so you got that, <laughs> all that right. You dabble in, in comedy. And uh, uh, and yeah. you're athletic. You run, run marathons and miles. Wow! Look at you. Yes, I, I know. I learned it you all on your Instagram. Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's amazing what you can learn from the internet. And uh, and and uh, and it seems like you do a lot of fun stuff. You eat a lot of stuff. I do, yeah, I eat a lot. <laughs> like like good restaurants. You like good food and yeah. trying all the things in New York. Yeah. And uh, and it seems like you travel a lot. That's right, what I got I gleamed, gleamed from my mm-hmm. conversation with you and from well, your social media. Well, it feels like I got stalked by Ali. <laughs> yeah, that's what stalking feels last like. Night, yeah. when, you get to <laughs> when you get to replay it to somebody, it, doesn't, yeah. it sounds really weird saying it all together at once like that. <laughs> but if you were to do the same thing to me, I'm sure it would sound equally as insane, right? Uh, I, I should have checked your Instagram. But what do you know you? about me? You have a lot of guy friends. <laughs> Just from the pictures on your fridge, because <laughs> all of them are... Dudes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, I know. It's yeah. kind of sad. Like, like I said, you're the second woman ever to come here, so I should have taken down the pictures. <laughs> I know. Should have, should have put my picture on this fridge. Yeah, I'll take a picture of you. You could be the only one yeah. on there. Like the t- August 19th. Not only did she say we were friends, but she came <laughs> over. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So there's one thing. All my friends are guys. That's good. Yeah. And yeah. Um, what else? I, 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 just, I know that you do a lot of stand-ups because I went to see your shows oh. and all your Instagrams are... Maybe about stand-ups. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you came to my, one of my stand-up shows. Yeah. I took you to a horrible place. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had to, oh my God, I always think about that. I had to like leave early that night because it was, there's all dudes in right. that comedy club and everyone was making just weird male jokes. <laughs> not, not include you and our other friend. Isaac, Isaac, yeah, yes. Isaac's my You, you guys were great, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, we, we had a diverse diversity of topics. Right. Uh, it was cool of you to come, though, because you said you wanted to come to a real comedy <laughs> yeah. show. And I was like, I know the perfect place, the basement under a bar that nobody goes to uh, at 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> come on over, Chen. Come see us do stand-up. And I did. And you did. <laughs> yeah. And you laughed. It, hey, I did, it was yeah, all right. I, but laughed, I, yeah. I felt bad because I was like, this is a weird thing. But okay, so you've hit the big thing. I, everything I do is with other guys. I do stand-up, and then I take pictures of them and put them on my fridge. Right. <laughs> Um, but okay, but I want to, I want to know more. I've always been curious about, so mm-hmm. like you, you grow up in China yes, and then you leave yes. and then you come here, right? right? Did you come here for college? Like how did that go down? I, so I started co- um, broadcast journalism in, in a college in Shanghai. Okay. And at like the last year, I kind of have two options. I can come to America to study journalism in grad school, or yeah. I can just be a reporter in China. 
And so like, I wasn't sure if I want to come here or not, but I always know that I want to come here for like a year or two just to experience culture because, you know, I watch Gossip Girls (laughs) and Montana growing up. Sure. We all went through that. (laughs) And like this Columbia Journalism School is always a dream place for me because I wanted to be a journalist. Yeah. So when they give me the offer, on my last year in college, I was like, holy shit, I got to come here. Yeah. So that's why I came here. So you <laughs> yeah. came here for school, for, yeah. for journalism. Right. Interesting. For graduate school, yeah. Was that daunting? Is that something that a lot of people do? All right, I'm going to ask you maybe that might seem like basic questions. Right. All right but is, th- is that something that a lot of people do? Like like they, they finish up school in like maybe like a Chinese university and they're like, I'm going to go to the States mm-hmm. now and take and this further? Not, I want to say that. At least, like in my college, like we in my class, we had twenty people. Like maybe three or four people went abroad oh, wow. after yeah. college for grad school. It's kind of like a pass, but not like that common. But it's common, like kind of <laughs> common. I don't know. Yeah, it's like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People do it. Right, people do it. Yeah, people do it. And was that and was that a daunting experience to leave every single thing you've ever known and then go to this place? You know, I was actually really excited. Like <laughs> the f- at first, I was a little scared because I don't didn't know anyone here. My cousin lives in Boston. He okay. has been here for a really long time, but I didn't know anyone in New York. Yeah. Um, and I was just by myself, and so I, I like I cried all my way on the flight here, <laughs> yeah. but I was also excited because of Columbia. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you're going to an awesome school in an right. awesome city. So, but, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, it was actually, it was amazing, especially, like, so on the first day, Columbia gave inter- all the international students, like, an orientation day just for international students. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing to see there are so many international students here, like, from Europe, from Asia, from yeah. over the, from Africa, all over the world. It still suddenly made me feel like, oh, I'm not just a weird person in New York City, because yeah. it's so diverse here. It made me feel just at home. Exactly. I, yeah. I think, like, I mean, that you hit the nail on the head, what I think are some of the best parts. I've, I've always loved New York City for exactly that reason. Is it, It's the, even when I was a kid, I fantasized myself about living here, you know, growing mm-hmm. up in the, in the sticks in Jersey. Like, yeah. uh, it, the whole world is happening here. And, and I mean, I, I'm sure, right. like, I'm sure that that's a kind of a cool onion to uh, to peel away from as you, as you kind of go through it and, like, learn more about New York. Like, I've always told people if you had to explain, if I had to explain New York in one sentence or two sentences to mm-hmm. somebody about what it's really like, it's like picture your favorite dish that you've had in any country that you've traveled to, your favorite thing that you've tried. That's a good point, yeah. You can get it here mm-hmm. at three o'clock in the morning. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what makes it the best. Yeah. But, okay, so you came here for school and you came here because you wanted to be a journalist. But right. growing up in China, like, what does that mean to mm-hmm. want to be a journalist? Like. Like, what wh- wh- what was your perception of journalism in mm-hmm. the first place? That was a really good question. Like, Thank my you. parents really didn't want me to be a journalist right. in China because, like, being being a journalist in China is not really a journalist. You can't really report on a lot of things. Right. You might I as well be a comedian. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My second thing, then. I'm going oh to do comedy. Yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, your joke is good. <laughs> yeah, thank, you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm good at two things. Hanging out with guys and cracking jokes. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just there are so many limitations. Like you, all the journalists in China know there are some lines you can't touch. Yeah. It's like I was like when I was in college, I did a lot of sports internships because I really want to be a sports journalist. Okay. My parents feel a little bit better because sports journalists, you won't really get into trouble with politics or whatever. Huh. But I still like when I was doing internship in China, like there are still lo- lots of limitations that I realized when I was doing that internship. There are so many areas I, ca- I can't really write story about. I can't write bad stories about Chinese athletes, for example. Huh. There are just so many bureaucracies and stuffs involved it just made me feel like okay this is not a real journalism wow back there yeah and 
Yeah. So, I mean, but growing up in, like, you, you obviously grew up watching Chinese sports, which, mm-hmm. what are those exactly? Do, uh, is baseball <laughs> a thing? That, like, I don't even know oh, American no, sports, so I'm the wrong guy. But, like, <laughs> what, 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 what is, like, the popular sports in China? Soccer? Uh, yeah, soccer, definitely. And basketball is very okay, popular, right, too. Right, right. Yeah, because yeah, right, right. Yao Ming. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that guy, Lin. Remember uh, Jeremy oh, Lin? Oh, yeah. He went to China. Lin Sanity. It's true, yeah. Yeah. I met him in an elevator once. Really? What? Like, yeah, Where? Yeah, I met him in an elevator once. Well, I don't want to derail from your story, but, but I, don't, I want to know about <laughs> how did I meet Jeremy Lin? Well, I was on a business trip in New Orleans in 2012 uh-huh. or 13. He was recently wow. transferred to some other team. The uh-huh. Astros, maybe. Okay. Is that a team? Is that a basketball team? I, I don't know. know. I don't know. Some <laughs> team, right? Uh-huh. He's transferred there. And I was on a business trip staying at the same hotel as this basketball team. Uh-huh. So a few famous basketball players were staying there. And we knew that they were staying there. Oh, wow. And me and my buddy Tom uh-huh. had a few drinks. It was New Orleans. Uh-huh. You know, By a few drinks, I mean 10,000 <laughs> hand grenades and all kinds of crazy yeah. drinks. And we went into uh, the elevator and Jeremy was there in the elevator. And my friend Tom Holy mouthed sh- off to him. He said something negative to him. So we got to an argument with Jeremy. Oh, really? What did, he, what did he say? All right. So the story was we were with a, oh a, a couple women that we worked with. Okay. Right. And Jeremy and like we were we were like 22. Was he hitting on them? Yeah. Like, but like, <laughs> but like he acted like like in my friend and my own defense, like he didn't even ask, like, were they with us? Like there was two women, uh-huh. two guys in an elevator. Yeah. And Jeremy came in. And he, I looked at them. was like, what are you ladies doing now? He said something like that. Oh as if me God. and Tom weren't there. Right. You know? So Tom said he, he slid right in front of the women. He went, we have work tomorrow, Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> so like, so then Jeremy said something and like, followed by, and he was like, you want to come up to my suite later? I forget exactly what he said. He said <laughs> something to, like to your that. Co-worker, Not you to wanna... us. To them. Are you serious? He just continued and yeah. said that? He, did, he acted like we weren't there. Yeah. So then my wow. friend Tom goes, can I get a picture, uh-huh. Jeremy? And then he did take the picture. Uh-huh. And then uh, as he was walking out of the elevator, my friend Tom goes, that's why you weren't good enough for New York City. And then. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. They had words with Jeremy Lin. And the story escalates from there. Then at night, we tweeted at Jeremy Lin the uh-huh. picture of us and being like, yeah, Jeremy, like stay out of New York. Da, 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 da. And then the next day we bought tickets to the game uh-huh. in New Orleans and we heckled Jeremy Lin uh, until we got kicked out of the game. So I was pretty immature when I was Je- What? <laughs> And you got kicked out of the game? Cause well, you I got kicked out of a mixture of um, a number of things. Being loud, uh-huh. the consistent heckling of Jeremy, uh-huh. um, maybe too many drinks. I don't know. I was young. You know? Gee, I, oh, my God. I can't believe I never knew about this story. That's yeah. kind of That's amazing. That's my, yeah. uh, my one interaction with a Chinese basketball player. I also, I, I, think, <laughs> I also think he's Chinese-American. That's the oh. difference. Yeah. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I I thought, are you sure? I thought he came from China. No, I think he was born here. Oh, really? Wait, we can Google we'll this afterwards. We'll have to look up Jeremy yeah, Lin's yeah, background yeah. after the show. Yeah. Um, okay, so, well, that's surprising to know. I'm, I'm yeah, <laughs> that's it. I'm full of like, Okay, okay. Well, one, more, one more question. Did, Sh- so did sure. your friend actually went to his suite in the hotel? No, they did not. They, oh, had, okay. they had work the next day. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it would have been fun. Uh, who else was there? Harden. James Harden. Oh, wow. He's famous. Yeah. Yeah. He said no. Um, somebody asked him for an autograph in the lobby, and uh-huh. he said no. So if you're listening, James Harden, what a jerk. <laughs> he just said no, just said no and kept walking. <laughs> so that's what I remember about those guys. But all right, so you're you're watching basketball, you're watching uh, soccer, soccer and, and it's tennis and Formula One were pretty popular in Shanghai too, because Shanghai hosts those um, events. And how can you get in trouble for 
for reporting. Uh, what would you say that's negative about an athlete? So, like, for example, you can't really write bad things about Chinese Olympians who, like, was, like, a superstar, got a gold medalist. Even if you found something about them, mm. you can't really do that. If you write something, the Chinese government, like, like, sports bureau, like, those people will come to you. Oh, like, yes. Yeah. That sounds pretty scary. So, yeah, it's just lots of lines you can cross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, did yeah. Did you have a sense of, like, like a different kind of journalism though like i were you sheltered from like maybe like bbc news you know what i mean did you see like like a bbc reporter and you're like well this is different you know what i mean like wait you, you mean oh so like you know like new york times is blocked in china washington post is blocked in china mm -hmm. like everything is blocked That's in china I mean, basically yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i i honestly it's a good question i actually didn't know like how i got into like american or like european mm -hmm. journalism Maybe like back then when I was in college, some websites, like BBC probably wasn't blocked. I don't really remember. Mm -hmm. But I just knew that, I know there's a place of price. Washington Post has been doing great reporting and they undercover those like, um, wait, what's that thing? What a, wait, Watergate? Is that a name? What is it? The, Watergate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. I got it. I got it. Watergate. Watergate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So see, I know those things. So like, I feel like I want to be those kind of journalists who like really write true stories that can change the world or like, yeah. you know, make the world a better place. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, were you uh, like top of your class? You seem like you're like one of those genius kids. You were, <laughs> right? I'm just, I'm just asking. Like you were like always the top straight A's. I mean, yeah. like. <laughs> well, I mean, because I mean, like those types of journalists like to be like. Uh, like the people that you see on TV here, they're all extremely uh, highly educated unless they're on Fox. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, you know, they're all rogue scholars. And like Rachel Maddow is a rogue scholar. Aww. You know, uh, uh, so I would I would just assume that like to have that sort of mindset, you probably were top of your class. Then to then to go to Columbia, obviously as part of an international journalism program, you must be pretty smart. You are very sweet. I yeah. but I won't say that I'm like the top one in my always in my class. I'm always like in the top like but the middle like a middle but close yeah. to top like yeah you're, that you're kind of. uh, that's what somebody <laughs> in the top would say <laughs> if, if you ask me but okay all right so then you come you so so you so you leave to go pursue this dream of journalism right. uh yeah. and then how did that feel when you're sitting in a class in columbia was it different no it was really amazing i i want to say that whole year it was just a 10 months graduate program but okay. i loved every minute of it it was really intense we didn't have any weekends yeah holidays our spring is that called spring break or something? Our one week spring break was everyone sitting in the classroom writing their essays or like doing reporting outside or stuff. Wow. It was really intense. Like um like I didn't remember any fun thing happened that whole year. <laughs> but Jeez. I learned so much. Like my beat was Harlem, I think. I just like went there and covered the news stories here and talked to people on the street. Really? And then and I also I also I took a sports reporting class. Oh my god, it's Columbia to really like for my dream as a sports yeah. journalist. I actually, because of that, I got opportunities to like, um, I think I covered the New York, what was that, Brooklyn Nets game. So nice. I went to the um, locker room of the Brooklyn after the game and then got to like interview some players. Wow. That was, I think that was the experience of like my lifetime. I will <laughs> forever remember that moment. Yeah. I can't imagine. I can't, it's like the day I got to interview Chen. It feels, <laughs> it's like the same exact way. Oh that's, uh, that's, that's really cool. I mean, I mean, and again, such a stark, like, uh, such an outrageous thing to do. Like, I, I can't imagine being plopped into another country where everybody speaks a different language and then interviewing s celebrities and uh, going to a beat in Harlem and, and covering the news. Like, that's 
that's really it makes sense then how you end up doing stand-up and i mean improv you know what yeah, you mean so too. Sweet. Yeah. well it's true <laughs> i mean I, you know i really i mean it's true because i mean that's uh i don't think i i would want to do that Aww. like if, like i studied abroad in london you know that was a <laughs> that was my big international experience awesome. a lot different than here you know but <laughs> they 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 eat their meat standing on the left side of the plate no <laughs> but they uh but i was um I would have never like gone on to like central London and just and talked to London. You know what I mean? Like I felt like, uh, like I, I was nervous of everybody around me. Oh, I think it's great how you, uh, you dove in and just kind of owned it here. That's very sweet. But I also, I believe you can do that because you were just talking about, you want to go to your park and do improv in oh, New York yeah, city. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. well, that's different. I mean, like, uh, you know, I'm talking about international stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, uh, you said that was within your first 10 months of being here. That's, that's pretty wild. Oh, um, so, okay. So then what made you decide to stay? Because you're here, you're here now, right? You've been here for seven right. years. Yeah. Exactly. I Must have been a good program. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was a great program. I met a lot of friends there. I like kind of feel like I have my life here. And I like I didn't really know if I would stay or not because like my family, I got parents are in China, in yeah. Shanghai, and all my of course all my college and high school, middle school friends are back there. Yeah. But like after graduation, I really wanted to just try to kind of see if I can get a job here and. Mm-hmm to start my career here and I did get got a job so that made me stay here and then and then like I really liked my job and then I got another job so <laughs> it's just yeah it's, it's, it's just yeah is it the kind of thing where you're like uh like maybe one day I'll like go back but then you just kind of keep staying and you're like eh, it just keeps getting prolonged right and yeah. also like n- also because like I stayed here is lo- because the longer I stayed here the more friends I made here the mm. more like I love New York yeah the more I don't want to go back because this is great. Also, like, honestly, like, just thinking about living in the same city as my parents, I, I just, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Uh, you got to yeah. go 15,000 <laughs> miles yeah. away. I get yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, whenever I go back to Shanghai, my mom will want me to go back home at, like, before midnight. Like, I am 12 <laughs> oh, years really? old. So, yeah. So, being in New York is great. <laughs> You have to follow the rules when you go back home. <laughs> it was oh my god! They would like text me every hour like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you with friends? Are you with friends? Who oh are you my with?" God. <laughs> You're like, "What do you think I'm doing in New York City, Mom? I'm in, exactly. I'm in a comedy club <laughs> with a bunch of Jews. You understand? Uh, way past bedtime. Way <laughs> past bedtime. <laughs> I went to a comedy club with 20 guys <laughs> at uh, 2 a.m. <laughs> my new friend Andrew took me to a comedy club oh, with yeah. 20 guys. <laughs> Uh, they were all really nice. Uh, that's really funny. That's really funny. I mean, were your parents upset that you did, like, like, or were they excited when you left? Like, were they like, like, is that like, is it a cultural thing? Like, where you're like, cause like, I, like my parents were like, get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? But I felt like that wow. was a little <laughs> abnormal in uh-huh. a good way. Uh-huh. Eh, maybe not a good, who knows? Uh-huh. <laughs> who has time to reflect on their upbringing? Right. But like in some way, uh, it, it, it was unusual. Cause I knew a lot of people where I grew up, their parents were like, mm-hmm. Don't you want to live at home? Like, don't you want to stay with your mother? Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, you're from here. Yeah. But my, my parents were New Yorkers, right. like, big time. They were mm-hmm. from Queens, and they mm-hmm. moved to Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I, all I have to say is that, like, my mom, my whole life was like, one day you're going to, you know, you're going to turn 18, and the world is yours. Like, get oh, out of here. You don't, want your mo- you don't want your mommy babying oh you. Like, God. be a man. Mm-hmm. Go take, like, grab the world by the balls. Yeah. Like, like, that's literally what she used to say. Uh-huh. Get out of the house, like. Like, and make something of yourself, uh-huh. you know, and leave. Go as far away as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. She's like, every opportunity you get, oh my God. you know, take it. Like, don't say no to anything. Like, like live. That's live so life. inspiring. Andrew, I'm right. in love with your mom right now. <laughs> I, I, I need to meet her. Yeah, Seriously. everybody says that. I've thought about having her on here, but I don't know if I want to. You should. To. You should. I don't know how that would go. So um, she will be the third woman who come to your apartment. <laughs> so you should. <laughs> the yeah. first one. I told you already. She was already here. Uh, but... 
anyway, that's a that's a tirade about. We could talk about that all about my mom all day. That's <laughs> probably a different podcast. But uh, but were your parents like that? Were they like you know you should get out of here, you mm-hmm. should go see the world, and were they stoked about that? I want to say it's more like because of I want to go see the world, so they support me. Like yeah. of course they want me to stay there with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the Chinese also the Chinese traditional value is like when parents get old, you like stay with parents, mm. you kind of take care of them, <sighs> stuff Man. like that. You know, like I, but <laughs> I, I, look. <laughs> I I have a lot of friends like I grew up with a lot of Indian mm-hmm. friends. Uh you know, a lot of my friends growing up were Indian. Mm-hmm. And they were always like, yeah, you know, but at some point I have to come back and just mm-hmm. take care live with my oh. parents and uh-huh. take care of them until they die. I was like I was like fuck <laughs> that, dude. Like that sounds horrible. But anyway, <laughs> not I'm sure your parents love the people. I'm just saying like that's a lot of pressure to to kid, yeah. you know. So that's cool that they were supportive yeah. and uh, kind of breaking out of that. Yeah. I think like mm-hmm. it's just like I I don't know why like I think the way they like Wait, how do you, what's the English word? Sorry, can I, can I talk this? No, no, the no. Way, the way they like, um, raised? To- raised me, yes, yeah, raised. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, way yeah, they yeah, raised hey, me. That's what I'm here for. It made me like very independent mm-hmm. growing up. Even if I lived with them in Shanghai, I just always knew what I wanted to do. So like, I always knew that I want to go out to see the world. Like mm-hmm. in my, in college, I got opportunity to go to London to cover the Olympics. And then wow. before, this is before I went to Columbia. And then I got opportunity to came to the States to cover the 2012 elections. Wow. So that made me like just be more like um, sure that yes, this is something I want to do. I want to go out. I want to explore the world. Okay. So you came here yeah. to cover the 2012 election. Right. Yeah. As a student journalist, but it was, it was awesome. It that was must have been amazing. Yeah. It was a normal election <laughs> to regular people. You <laughs> know what I mean? Uh, I think, what was that? That was Mitt Romney who right. I would, you know, Give one of my balls right now for Mitt Romney to be president. I would give any. I would give anything, every dime in my bank account for <laughs> for Mitt Romney to be president, who I hated vehemently in 2000, 2012. <laughs> you know, um, so that must have been a, that was a pretty inspiring election, though. That must have been a really cool time. It was really amazing. Like I, um, I think we. It was part of the student exchange program with Penn State University's yeah. journalism program. So nice. I did a lot of reporting in Penn State. Also, it's because the Pennsylvania is a swing state. Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of reporting there. It was kind of we followed like the Obama's volunteer office or something the whole night. Wow. It was really it was the first time I saw American election, like just in real life. It was very inspiring and I loved it. That's really cool. And I feel kind of like an idiot because uh, just while we were eating dinner before we started recording, uh-huh. I was like, you know, I campaigned for Obama in 2008. I have a picture of him hanging on my wall. Uh, you can see. Um, yeah. but you were actually participating in covering the 2012 election as a journalist. Well, I was like, I, you should have mentioned that when I was telling you, I, was like, I knocked on doors in, in suburban New Jersey. No, I think, I really think that's, that's amazing you did that. Cause like, I don't have this opportunity in China to do that. Yeah. That's yeah. why I tell my American friends, they are guys, you need to vote. I <laughs> wish I could vote, but I can't. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know. I mean, uh, and it seems like where we're heading you know, politically, it's kind of similar to some of the Chinese stuff. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm sure you guys can't vote by mail there. <laughs> so, oh, no. like, <laughs> so, okay, you do all this journalism stuff. You're mm-hmm. actually covering stuff. So you're, like, talking in front of cameras and right. that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, how did you transition to design? Good question. Uh, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and then I want to talk about what that means to you, what yeah. design means to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, how did you transition to design? Right. I feel like that's a question every job interview I had <laughs> asked me. Yeah. Anyway, it's a good question. So um, when I was at Columbia, um, 
there were two reasons I want to say. When I was at Columbia, the interactive design journalism first started to pop up. Mm-hmm. Like the New York Times started to do those interactive um, web pages for reporter stories. Yes. They won a police prize for that. It's called Snow. I think that story was called Snowfall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I took a class. I took a data visualization class, an interactive design class with like two New York Times reporter. Mm. So they taught me user experience design and how to do this front end coding. Mm. And I got really into it because I think this is fun. I can design a website. There are so many things like involved, like you need to, and like, I never thought about, oh, this website is actually has user experience design under it. Like why the button is here, why the video window was there. It's actually there's a reason the designers are trying to solve problems. So I. I really enjoy doing that, and another reason is, um, I like is I, well, part of me wanted to pursue the sports journalism dream, but I knew that it was, especially at the beginning, it was hard for me as uh, English as a second language to compete with, you know, the American dudes, yeah, in yeah, my yeah. class, like sports dudes. Oh yeah, yeah, oh my god, when we went to cover those New York Knicks, uh, no, Brooklyn Nets game yeah. and other. I don't know the difference, but <laughs> yeah, go ahead, continue. Uh, yeah. Other games like they wrote like 300 times faster than I could. I uh-huh. could ever do. So I just knew that I probably should like put that on hold for a little bit. And huh. so I just transitioned into design. Um, and I really loved it. Also, there's okay, there's another reason. Yeah, no. <laughs> sorry, that's all of the play. No, no, no. So like, um, when I was in China, I told you I did a lot of sports reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, I interviewed LeBron James in China. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and Joel Howard is that his name? <laughs> yeah. You had me at LeBron James. <laughs> that's amazing, really. Um, like, and a lot of other like. You chi- interviewed him. I interviewed him. Yeah, in China. Do you and have a copy of that somewhere? I, yeah, I do. You gotta yeah. send that to me. I I also have a picture with when I was interviewing Howard. Wow. It's. <laughs> I'm a huge LeBron James guy. People don't know that about really? me. Really? Oh, huge no. LeBron James guy. I'm a big fan. Oh my god! Of, so of him as a per, as Aww. him as an iconic yeah, he's kind awesome. of person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, that's fabulous to watch play basketball. I actually uh-huh. have because I, I when I lived in San Francisco, I watched the uh, Warriors when they were winning. You know, all those years, mm-hmm. and LeBron often was competing with them, and mm-hmm. I was I found him to just be amazing. Aww. I know he's kind of a polarizing figure to some people, mm-hmm. but uh, I think just mm-hmm. an ama- amazing person. Invented Taco Tuesday, but anyway. So you, inter- <laughs> so, you so you interviewed LeBron. Uh, yeah, and uh, and uh, all the, uh, and also a bunch of other uh, sports people like like the sorry the formula like the Formula One driver like tennis players like interviewed Andy Murray because of they had events in Shanghai. Wow. Anyway, so I really loved sports, but because because but when I was really doing those reporting, I couldn't really enjoy it. Yeah. Like it's not. A hobby to me anymore. It's a work. Right. Like uh, when I watch basketball game, I need to think about statistics. Like what this guy is doing, what his intention is, why LeBron James is doing this or that. I need to think about what questions I need to ask him. So it became like I just couldn't enjoy it anymore. Mm. It's something I like to watch. So that made me decide. Okay, I maybe I should try this design thing. Yeah. And yeah, so that's how I started. So where do you, where do you go from here? What's the what's the <laughs> future? <laughs> yeah, so um, no, right now I'm a product designer at NBC News, yeah. Yeah. and I really love there. It's just it's just so awesome. I feel like I solve I can solve problems for users, for editorial team, mm-hmm. or for broadcasts every day. It just feels it's just nice. I I I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way as a product manager. It's like it's it's not just to me it's not just a job. I'm actually solving a problem, and I it made me feel like I still work in journalism because I work with because I'm designing for a news media organization, I'm trying to solve their problems. Yeah. So I think, to me, like it's a way to help this news organization to report news faster, 
to break news faster, and so the audience can get news faster. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, mean, it's something meaningful. I'm just trying to tell myself this. No, no, it is. It is meaningful. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand that, of course. Like, and yeah. I extract the same meaning from uh-huh. from the things that I've done in my life. You know, mm-hmm. especially in my previous roles when I worked in publishing, mm-hmm. um, I extracted a lot of meaning mm-hmm. out of talking to. So I used to s- look at students and, and figure out how they study and how we can do that better, mm-hmm. and um, and just understanding the problems in education, and how you can accelerate the speed at which people learn, mm-hmm. and um, like imagine how powerful that could be if if you could flip the way that people actually consume information, digest it, and then speed up the the processing rate so that they're able to learn quicker. Like right. I still am pretty fascinated with that idea, and I think that mm-hmm. like yeah, there's a lot that you can extract from it. For me though. I always had like, a, and I've talked about this in several episodes mm-hmm. already, but there's been like a missing mm-hmm. sort of creative thing that I kind of missed, mm-hmm. um, which is why I find myself do on stages and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You're, are you so? So are you doing? Are you a good artist? Do you draw? I I draw. I try to. I'm so I drew some illustrations before. So now like with this iPad, Apple Pencil, and now my free time during quarantine, I just start to use. Should I forgot his app's name? <laughs> okay, you can click on that part. Anyway, yeah. I just use the app Apple iPad and uh-huh. Apple Pencil to do more illustrations and animation stuff. Wow. And it's, it's, I really love it. I feel like it's just time that it's just, I'm like by myself. I'm just relaxing and draw stuff. It feels the same as when I'm running, mm-hmm. you know, like the just, flow. yeah, exactly. Like I don't need to think about anything else. I'm just, give me creativity. To me, that's the most um, Zen thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Like if you get into that creative space, which is what I so deeply missed in my life and I've recently been able to tap back into mm-hmm. it a little bit like with this podcast even mm-hmm. and with other things that I'm doing. Right. Like when you're in that flow where you're like drawing or running or mm-hmm. playing the ukulele and suddenly, you know, when people meditate, they kind of like push thoughts out of their brain. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I- inhale and mm-hmm. think about all the things that cause you stress and exhale and watch that all come out of you. Like, you know, like right. until you get to it or like, you know, cars are going by on the road and just mm-hmm. like th- those are your thoughts and your problems and just watch them go away. Mm-hmm. Like while you're meditating or whatever. Right. Right. Um, but I feel like being creative is a, is a mo- is the direct way to tap into that mm-hmm. to that Zen sort of source because like you're you're really like in the in the just the present is the mm-hmm. way to be the most present. Exactly. Yeah. And then another thing I'm tr- I want to learn before quarantine is over. Yes. Okay. I actually can learn this after quarantine is over. But anyway, <laughs> it's just a three D drawing. Oh. Um, I think I see like people use the Blender app. I think that's the name to like do the three D animations and drawing. So that's one thing I really want to learn. Jeez. Um, so yeah, I will let you know how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> please do. I mean, uh, that sounds like a really uh, uh, you seem really like like smart, like obviously because oh, like you like said you can do front end coding and uh, also draw and also <laughs> interview people like LeBron James <laughs> and also do improv comedy. So you know, it's, you, know <laughs> you say these things so matter of factly. Three uh, D drawing sounds pretty complicated. <laughs> it looks so fun. I just I want to try it. It just seems like a fun thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, that's like part of like I guess what makes you who you are is the. Uh, continuously uh, saying yes to, to new things and challenges and thank like you that. yeah and i was actually you mentioned running yeah i i feel like we can talk about running let's talk about running a little bit yeah, hey yeah, yeah i wanted to say to you you helped me get into running oh my not God. that i run I, like you run <laughs> you know andrew i'm like i just want to say that i am so proud of you thank you I, I I remember we met a month ago the first time we met during quarantine after covid started yeah, we met up and yes i was running and then afterwards, you started running like every day almost. I'm like, even <laughs> before this podcast. I was running before this podcast. That's yeah. amazing. Thank you. Well, no, I mean, I think it's inspiring that you can run, what, 30 miles straight? Like, <laughs> I think you did some crazy run like that last year. I, I've always thought that was very, because I know what it takes. Like, my best friend, Jerry, mm-hmm. who was my best friend, uh, 
went from being a drinking, smoking cigarette maniac to like a guy who's who ran the New York City Marathon last year. Wow. Uh, you know, which I was and I was very impressed awesome. by his mm-hmm. transition and his transformation. I I find that kind of shit amazing. Um, especially when it's something that I've never thought, like, could I do that? You know what I mean? You and can I, totally do that. Yeah. I don't think I can do that. You can totally but, do that. Uh, I've always, you know, followed your, um, you know, because I stalked your Instagram page. I was always <laughs> amazed at like how much you can, uh, like all the running that you did. And um, I, 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 when I met you that day, so like I had started running during COVID, mm-hmm. like during March or April, mm-hmm. because I, I didn't w- know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, because I had nothing else to do, uh-huh. and I wasn't. I've never been an athletic person, obviously, but uh, I, uh, I used to be moving around a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I was never here in this apartment. I was out moving around the city, uh-huh. taking the subway, going yeah. to this place, going right. out. And then I found I'm sitting around all the time. I was like, I don't feel good. Right. You know, I'm just stagnant. Yeah. So I was like, what can I do? I was like, I guess I'll fucking just run. You know, <laughs> I was like, this sucks. And the first time I ran, um, I ran like half a mile and I threw up. I vomited. You did? Yeah, the very, which is like embarrassing. And like, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. You know what I mean? Because I had lived a really unhealthy lifestyle. I'd been, I, especially in my 20s and mid-20s, like I boozed uncontrollably, you know, smoking cigs i mean it was like a whole situation so like i like only recently in the past year or so i'm trying to be a healthier person Mm -hmm. and um anyway and anyway but like when i the problem is i wanted to start running but i I didn't like doing it in the city Uh because like there's fucking red light every five seconds (laughs) you know a crosswalk there's people walking around hate it but you I know, hate stopping. You know that's not the reason. You that's can, the reason. You can find a place to run without. Well, that's why I met, when I met you that day because I wanted to um, talk to you. I guess I forget exactly what we were, <laughs> what we we're meeting up about, but I guess just to check in. Yeah. Um, you showed me FDR Drive where you could just run freely down right. the water. Right, right, right. Not, not to on the record, not on the FDR Drive, but uh, yeah. So there's a not on FDR yeah. Drive. Yeah. Like you're like, hey, Andrew, I know a, a nice place for you to run. Why don't you go fucking run down FDR Drive? Kill yourself. <laughs> It's a, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. there. There's an East River Park. Yeah. It's, there's no traffic. You can just run there. It's beautiful. Yeah. I go there. Exactly. Well, you introduced me to a place where I could run. Because oh, I hated running around and stopping at all the crosswalks mm-hmm. and there's people staring at me and I'm like, I don't like this. Um, so anyway, I've been going since then because I have a place That's to do awesome. it. But it's not successful. Like, I'll do like. I can now run like a mile straight without. See, stopping. that's the progress. You yeah. Because before that, you did half miles. Now you can do one or two miles. Well, I do it without throwing up too. That's amazing. And I do two, three miles during the total session. That's awesome. But I run clean without stopping for one of them. Wow! Look at you. Look at me. Look at you. I'm yeah. almost like LeBron James. Pretty soon you'll you be interviewing totally. me. Oh my god! I, seriously. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how did you get into like running like, competitive, like not competitively, but marathon running is pretty serious. How did you get into that? Were you always yeah. into that? Yeah, it's it's very weird. It's like I was never like a person who was so into workout like two or three years ago, and then like I think just friends have it, like friends really affect you a lot. Like yeah. so, like I. Um, became a really good friend with this guy who runs a lot. His name is Ryan. Yeah. He's probably going to listen to the podcast. And sure. uh, <laughs> he really affected me. He brought me to Lululemon Run Club. So I started to run with him every week. At first, I was like you. I can't even <laughs> do half miles. I was like dead. And they were all so fast because they were all like marathon runners. Right. But then after. I would have given up that on that <laughs> day. I would have <laughs> went home and just quit. You didn't quit. <laughs> But like as I started to do that, I can I feel like oh my god I can actually do it. So like when you I think the hardest part is for everything is when you just need to start. Right. So when I started, I got really into it and I started to run more and I feel like oh my god I can do ten miles, I can do thirty miles, and <laughs> I was going to do New York City Marathon this year, but I mean uh, obviously I can't. But what happened? 
<laughs> I, I was, what happened? <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I don't know. You just, it, I just now I'm like automatically. I don't need it motivation anymore i just every week i will run four times because it's just something i do uh, to clear my mind and just feel good do you get yeah. into that kind of like flow the similar flow of when you're like drawing or something like that when you're running yeah totally yeah you feel the same thing do you get a, um people have spoke about this runner's high uh-huh have you ever felt that oh my god yes i haven't felt that i would <laughs> know trust me if i felt it and i I, I would i would really know uh and i i don't think i felt it yet do i feel it yet man <laughs> I ran a mile and a half today. I didn't throw yeah. up. I don't think I'm high. Really? Definitely sweaty. Really, Andrew? I don't think I felt it. You didn't feel excited after you run? Excited? Yeah. No. You I didn't know. feel... Cause, okay, for me, it's like... I Because I'm terrible at responding text messages. But every time when I, I stop run, after my run, mm-hmm. I would feel so excited. I would respond to everyone's text message. Is that the runner's high? Like just having a lot of energy that you want to text I, everybody? I think so. It's just the excitement. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just the excitement. It's runner's high. It's the... Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay, that's what the, that's what it feels like. That I was expecting <laughs> it to feel like something else. Because like, like everyone's like, dude, like wait till you experience the runner's high. It's pretty cool. It's pretty It's pretty trippy. I was like, oh, word? Like... <laughs> But like if it if it's just if it's just feeling happy, I mean I felt I felt that before I guess. Oh, Maybe that, I haven't. That that means you're such a happy person. You're happy. Yeah, yeah you I, I love. I I get rapid fire texting all the time. <laughs> I I know I don't think I felt that yet because when I finish running, usually I'm just like, oh god. I'm just glad that I did it. I feel relief that's, that that's I brought good. myself to do it. That's good. Yeah. That's where I'm at mentally with the running. Yeah, me too. Honestly, no, it's not where you're at. You that's can run like thirty miles. But I also, but every time, even now, every time at the beginning, I didn't want to do it, but I would just push myself do it. Afterwards, I would feel so much better. Yeah, just glad. But yeah. when you wake up, you don't say to yourself, "I have to run today. This is dreadful." You're like, "I can't wait to run. Feel good. <laughs> no, Text I- all my friends afterwards." <laughs> I'm like, "Ugh, if I don't." If I don't run today, I'll be dead by 40. <laughs> so I have to run today. Like, that's how I approach running. I have to. I literally have to. I mean, that's sometimes it, I have the same mindset. And that's the result. No, I just sometimes I tell myself, um, okay, I need to have a six pack. That's okay. the reason I need to run. Yes. You need to have a six pack. Yeah. See, like that thoughts never went through my head. I'm just trying to stay alive, man. I'm just trying to stay on earth. Like for a li- like I went like one direction for like 20, 29 years where I was like, fuck it, you know, fuck it all. I'm not going to take care of myself. And now I'm like, oh, shit, I got to back up and try to stay alive here. That's kind of where I'm at now. Just staying alive. But I mean, it's amazing. You are doing this. Well, you showed Seriously. me up your drive. So I appreciate oh my God. That. Hey, that's a, I mean, and that's a cool thing to get into. Once you get into the world of running, you get to talk to people, other runners. Right. You can meet so many people. Yeah. I met I met so many friends through running. It's kind of something i didn't expect but But this is like what i'm worried about too with like the whole like with getting a little bit older Mm -hmm. you know like how old you you can't be a certain age and like join like a zog sport right like or like meet people (laughs) i'm worried that i'll pass a threshold where like i can't like make friends anymore because i'm like everyone's gonna be like what are you doing you're 40 you know what i mean oh my god andrew everyone would want to be friends with you thank you so much (laughs) but but seriously I, i mean because, yeah. like, if you're not going to do the domesticated thing, right, like, get that, get a move out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and get, a, like, a family or whatever, mm-hmm. then you kind of want to keep making friends. Right. But how do you keep – running seems like a way to – that's what I mean. Like, it seems like a way to do it. That's part of it, too, is, like, if right. I run, I'll run with other people. They'll be my friends. That's it. You know what I mean? It's like improv. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, improv is going to say. Yeah. We met so many people through our improv so, class. So many people. All, yeah. my friends, all my new friends in the city are uh-huh. from improv and stand-up. That's awesome. Yeah. 
It's like because we we talk for classes together. We already met like what sixty people through these classes. Yeah, at least well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah. way to meet a lot of my yeah. friends. I mean, Isaac and people that I hang out with uh-huh. in the city are and me and you and Chen. <laughs> yeah. of course, are all comedians. Uh-huh. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's always been a side effect of it too. Is like mm-hmm. being out there and trying new things. You always meet the best people. Exactly, and the people who have the same hobby as you all yeah. like like the same thing. Exactly, and then you can just kind of get along, and keep doing that thing together. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, Chen. Well, I appreciate you coming on the Real People Podcast. Thank you so much I for having me. I hope you enjoyed me. this experience. Oh, my God. This is yes, amazing. Okay. I, yeah. Um, hey, and then you'll come back on again someday soon. Yeah. All that's right. good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Chen. I'll thank you, you Andrew. Oh, cheers. <laughs> it was Chen Wu. Thanks for tuning in. Follow me on Instagram at Insta Ginsburg and listen to us on Spotify. See you next week.